being close to the entrepreneur, you understood that entrepreneurs and investors are not speaking the same language. So when I started Noah, yes, I wanted to be a banker for high and fast growing European companies, but I also wanted to help by creating a platform, an offline platform, where investors can meet entrepreneurs way before they needed to fundraise. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Marco, a very well welcome to the Swisspreneur Show. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Good morning. Thanks for having me. You are the founder at NOAA Conference, an event with a focus on digital, sustainable, and profitable growth. And before we talk about the conference, I want to talk about your previous career. You have been in investment banking for over 25 years, and you have been involved in over 90, yes, 90 M&A deals. So it's fair to say that you have seen a lot. If you had to pick one deal that really stood out, that was memorable to you, which one do you choose? I mean, they're all special and was not just M&A. We also have done plenty of IPOs or fundraisings. M&A, yes, an M&A banker. That's what you think of Wall Street, like the big uh, takeover battles. Um, after Lehman Brothers, when I founded Noah, I think the most memorable engagement, uh, because it was so long and then such a big deal, was working for Andre, the founder of Badu. I was on his board and helped him on all the M&A discussions. And eventually we sold the company to Blackstone. And that was a $3 billion transaction. And um, yeah, it was funny because Badu was this old school dating business. And then he empowered and financed Whitney Wolf's Bumble startup, which came out of Tinder. And yeah, they're public now. At some point, they were worth $12 billion, And I think with the market, they came down pretty much to what Blackstone paid back then, the $3 billion. Amazing. And you mentioned there is uh, or was a time after Lehman Brothers, you sort of left the company in 2008. That was also when the financial crisis happened. Was that sort of your cue to go and to switch the playground? Absolutely. Excellent question. I don't know. When Lehman went bankrupt, I remember everyone was incredibly scared and uh, confused. And I had this happiness around me. And it, it I, I, I even was scared a little bit. It, it was a little bit with my divorces. Uh, unfortunately, I have to say divorces. I had two of them. So I'm kind of used to step into uncertainty, um, maybe because of that moment back then. So I, I'm an entrepreneur, uh, without a doubt. But you don't know that you're an entrepreneur before you try it. And I think it's sometimes foolish to become an entrepreneur immediately after your studies or even before your studies unless you're a genius like Mark Zuckerberg and many others. So for me, Lehman Brothers was training. So 12 years of training, having a peer group, best people from Europe. Uh, it was a wonderful time. So with the bankruptcy, I had no other choice uh, than trying to do it by myself because the trust to the large financial institutions were broken. So Noah was a new beginning, like in the biblical way. And it wouldn't have happened hadn't we gone bankrupt. Yes. Absolutely. So take us back to these early days of Noah. What was the purpose of Noah, the conference back then, and what gap were you filling? I think as a banker, you have to be almost like a good psychologist. You have to understand the needs of your client. You have to predict 
how he reacts or how she reacts, depending on what situation. So I was very close to these people, right? I did the IPO, for example, of uh, Open Business Club. It's now called Xing, which was actually a Swiss-funded uh, uh, business back then. So being close to the entrepreneur, you understood that entrepreneurs and investors are not speaking the same language. So when I started Noah, yes, I wanted to be a banker for high and fast growing European companies, but I also wanted to help by creating a platform, an offline platform where investors can meet entrepreneurs way before they needed to fundraise or they were going back to the market. So the ease of and comfort of a informal conference and then you get to know each other, you make some promises, and then a few quarters later, you call the investors and you have a warm intro. So how can you make a cold investor call, a warm investor call? I love that. And I'm sure that was a big gap that you were filling right there, needed from both sides. Sivan, I mean, we thought our 10 minutes presentation system. So you have a 10 minutes power pitch. You know the expression elevator pitch. You can elevator ride, it's maybe 30 seconds. But um, we saw 10 minutes. Yeah, Give somebody 10 minutes to explain the business, the market, the product, where they stand, what they need, I think is enough. Focus, focus, focus. So I didn't like most conferences which had all these panels where you're like, oh my God, these are like marketing monologues. And if they sit next to each other or not, nobody listens to each other. So, okay, forget the panels. Okay, we had panels. Uh, this year we have like one or two, but um, it was not an over-panelized conference. We had 100 speakers per conference, 50 one day, 50 the other day, by industries, try to invite market leaders. So yeah, when Lehman went bankrupt, I knew I had to do something different in order to have success as a banker. And that was the conference. So both the M&A or advisory business nurtured the conference business and vice versa. And eventually it all happened to get closer to the entrepreneur. That's fantastic. And when we talk about geography, you started the first NOAA conference. It took place in London. Then you moved it to Berlin. But nowadays, it takes place in beautiful Zurich here in Switzerland. So what strategy do these changes reflect? When I was younger, I would say, of course, I wanted to conquer the world and be the next Goldman Sachs and uh, be the largest conference in the world. But, you know, when you get older, you're becoming, I guess, a little bit more focused on what your mission really is. And I will tell you, the, the third stage of my life, so there's Lehman, Noah, and then there's sustainability. So we are now in the NOAA time, the conference time. And I lived in London. My yeah, main point was always London, although as a German. And I think that was also the success of NOAA because England and Germany, UK, Germany, were back then probably 50, 60% of the European industry. Back then, we're talking 2009, we had 300 private digital companies worth more than 100 million, 300. Now, before the crash a few years ago, it was 12,000, 12,000. Now we think it's around 3,000. You don't really know what unicorn is worth really billions now. So I believe it's now 3,000 companies. So the, the size of the companies went up. So we started in London because that's where I live, where my network was, where the investors were. So we brought in a lot of companies from Germany, France, Holland, everywhere to the UK. 
And then, you know, after like four years, five years in 2015, Jens Müffelmann from Axel Springer said, Marco, you're German. We love your conference. Why are you not coming back home? Let's go to Berlin. I said, oh my God, Jens, I'm not sure people will come twice, right? I mean, you meet once a year at least. Uh, okay, two times. But then it was Berlin and yeah, it worked out. So after Berlin, 2015, 16, 17, in 18, we added Noah Tel Aviv. It was a tough one because in Israel, you had a lot of conferences and The Israeli ecosystem is quite a tight community, so I don't think they really accepted me too much. Uh, they came to Noah uh, Berlin and Noah London, but in Israel, it, it was two tough years to do the conference. And that was probably also the learning. Okay, we, we added Noah Zurich. Uh, we added Noah Zurich for 2020. And then what did we have? We had a breakdown, right? So when we started to think about Switzerland, uh, that was 2017, and that initiation came from Christian Wenger, the lawyer, who I think is a quite influential businessman in Switzerland. And Kriegel, I guess he's called in Switzerland by nickname. Uh, yeah, the same like Jens. We love Noah. Why don't you bring it to Switzerland? You live in Switzerland now. So um, I was always keen to do a conference in Switzerland because I felt like, You have a lot of Swiss conferences for the Swiss people, but there were not too many conferences which brought international companies and investors to Switzerland. And that was also back then the wish by Digital Switzerland, who was the institution who asked us to launch NOAA in Switzerland. The wish, bring the international investors to Switzerland so they see our cool companies, uh, like Scandit and so on. Yeah, that, that was the Swiss call. And then everything went very different, as we know, right? So I got married in January 14th, 2020. Uh, we moved to uh, Ibiza. I had to move to Ibiza to do the conference in Switzerland, believe it or not, because I had a tax deal in Switzerland. And my tax advisor said, no conference for you in Switzerland, because then you have a problem with the tax man. So I had to move to my holiday house um, in Ibiza, on Ibiza, um, which was now looking back an interesting move. Um, I was scared if I can work here, but actually with COVID, obviously I was bound to my desk and then I changed my entire life. Come very healthy, wake up at 5 a.m. So in COVID, um, clearly there was a thought process about what we are at NOAA and Remember, I told you when we started NOAA, there were 300 companies worth over 100 million. By then, COVID meant that the digital companies like tripled in value and everything went through the roof. So I started my sustainability journey, which we can talk uh, a little bit more. Surely there will be more questions on that. So why not more conferences? Why now only Zurich? A lot of people are asking because I believe that because of sustainability, we should travel less. So uh, I can justify one conference, but not four anymore. And I also think that companies, I mean, there's a certain amount of companies you can follow. Um, we had in Berlin 2019, 560 startups on stage. So we basically couldn't stop anymore. There was always a new one, always a new one, another, another, another. So at some point, We said, oh, this is just too much, right? We had six stages. It was crazy. So now we have two stages. We have one conference. We invite the ones who are the keenest to raise funds. 
So the investors are not confused. They know what event to come to. And in Zurich, you have the best location for us. The hotel is beautiful, the circle. And yeah, we have all the institutional investors, the LP who invest into the institutional investors, family office. So as a place, it's for us a much more suited place than Berlin or London at this point. It's, it's fantastic. You mentioned the people, right? The people are the key. You bring the right people together. So how do you actually choose the startups? Because it seems that, you know, your top speakers, they grew 24x, I think you mentioned on your website or even more. And that's crazy, right? So are you just really, really good at picking the right people? Or is Noah a game changer for a founder's career? I think it's the passion to really find the market leader and you need to define markets. So this year we did something different. We normally, we kind of have relationships, investors call us and they say, I just invested in this or my company wants to fundraise, put them on. So this year we did a different, we did a bottom up. So what does that mean? We downloaded all the crunch based companies, 30,000 companies who raised money. We declined the order or descended order them by employee growth. And we only looked at the ones who raised like 5 million plus because 20 million fundraise is the minimum. We don't like to have two small companies on stage because if you differentiate between venture capital, they do something from five to 25, growth capital 50 to 150, you say, and then private equity do the big deal. So we wanted to cater to those groups that we have seed investors, angel investors, and early stage investors. They always come, right? And the successful ones can afford a ticket price. And the smaller companies, yeah, sometimes we give them also a discount, or especially when uh, they're very interesting and they don't have revenues, we, we help them. But going back, how do we pick the startups to speak? And we can call them scale-ups or growth companies. We look at employee growth, product leadership, and as you said, the quality of the entrepreneur. So we do like serial entrepreneurs or people who are recommended to us by the network. You can also pick them by the quality of the investors. But yeah, so we looked at 30,000 companies. We filtered it down to 750. We built uh, segments, 14 verticals, six in um, like gross digital, eight in sustainability. And then we picked another 300 sectors. And we also built public comps. And we also looked at what investor is strong in what segment. So NOAA this year is not just a conference. We're also launching or relaunching our NOAA Bible together with the partner Zumera. You will see. So just being a conference business is not enough anymore. Just being a banker wasn't enough. I had to be a conference organizer. Now, just being a banker and conference organizer is not enough. I have to be data provider. So we pick them through data analytics. Fantastic. Yeah, that, that's probably your secret sauce to make the right interactions happen at the right time. You mentioned sustainability. And I wonder, everyone talks about sustainability, but do the investors actually also put the money where their mouth is? Well, they put the money where the other money of the investors is. If you look at South Pole, for example, which is, I think, a very un, uh, yeah, pleasant example currently in the sustainability and Swiss ecosystem. So South Pole was funded by the founders uh, out of the cash flow, I guess. And 
Then LGT invested in the business. Then Tamasek and Salesforce came in. So Tamasek and Salesforce came in because there was an investor before, I would say, because had they looked clearly, they would have seen that the project in Zimbabwe, Kariba, was not just a greenwash project, but it was a bloodwash project. What does that mean? They took the carbon credits revenues, the local partner of South Pole. Of course, South Pole had no idea that this was happening. And they bought trophy hunting concession in Zimbabwe, which were there over and over again, right? And if you look at the maps of Africa, you can find the national parks, the protected areas, and the hunting areas. And funnily enough, those cards are not mixed. So you can find a map for the nature lovers and a map for the hunting addict. So what does it mean? Uh, people don't really Google. So if you don't Google the project you offset as a Gucci or any type of corporate, where's the authenticity, right? And I started with ESG. So I was fascinated with ESG ratings. Then I went into animal protection as the name Noah says, right? Um, I kind of wanted to build a digital arc, not out of wood, but out of data. And I've been still, I'm still doing this. I had to go back a little bit to the old Noah this year because investors are asking for the old unicorns, the old segments of Noah. And frankly, after two years focusing on sustainability, I was curious what's happening in the old world of Marco, right? So you will see in the program that we are like 60% growth digital, 40% sustainable. Um, yeah, after I went into animal protection, forest protection, indigenous people, yeah, those are the three pillars of my work, I saw, holy shit, this is a complete mess. And the worst, nobody calls it out as such. And when I criticized the sector, I was kind of yeah, painted as negative and destructive and... Lots of people said, Marco, there's so much going on. Exactly that's the problem. If there would be one thing going on, I would believe in it. But everyone has their FIFIDM kind of initiative. AXA is in 12 different. So my journey in sustainability was, of course, finding the profitable, sustainable and growing startups. Maybe not yet profitable, at least profitable unit economics, like an Ecovadis or an NPAL uh, or a RepRisk. I mean... They are big sustainability companies out there, uh, a lot less than in the gross digital side. But finding those required me to take a few years off and study. And that's what I did around the clock. And I'm very happy I did this. It, it, there were moments where I cried every night and it, also in the morning when you just confronted the state. And what I really don't like is that these people at the World Economic Forum or COP, they pretend to be interested, but there's no discussion about the solutions. And that's what I want to trigger at NOAA, uh, at least for the ones who invest in sustainability or who have companies in sustainability. So I, I hear two things here, right? One is really take a closer look into what projects are getting executed and financed. But on the other hand, also hey, it is, after all, an investment and also sustainability-focused companies have to deliver a, a business model profitability and the return on investment eventually. Okay, amazing question. Let's, um, let, let's think where Noah started. We put startups on stage, right, to fundraise or to tell the story, raise the awareness. But what is sustainability? Sustainability is projects. 
Sustainability are NGOs who are going to wealthy organizations or individuals or families or foundations uh, to basically tell them, I indicate this is the problem and I can fix it if you give me some money. And then it's philanthropy. There's also development aid. You probably heard of the um, yeah, Green Environmental Facility who are investing every year on $5 billion in local help. But if you really look deeper, um, we need startups. And startups are not producing projects, they're producing product. And that's what's missing in the sustainability world. And why? For two reasons. The politicians, scientists, and NGOs are just not comfortable to promote single startups. They're comfortable to write about concepts like we need biochar or we need more solar and renewables, but they would not go out and say it's NPAL or it's Flynn Pro, the carbon uh, accounting software from Australia, because that means to actually put your name against something else. And they constantly want to stand neutral, which is a problem in sustainability because sustainability is all about scaling. So if we don't appoint one organization to do it, like Bloomberg consolidated all the financial data, we want to have a chance. So there is this tremendous problem with picking single solutions in the world. And here, I mean, I'm a capitalist, I guess. I don't think capitalism ages very well or it proved that it needs to age with a sophisticated regulation. The problem is that the politicians are unfit to regulate. I spoke to this guy, Christoph Baumann, who is the Swiss delegate for all of these climate initiatives. I had him on stage last year. He doesn't like me. He's certainly not coming back to Noah because I pushed him for answers. And you only get this slippery, slubbly answers, like not engaging in the problem, which is we are debating and conferencing ourselves away from the problem. There are no indigenous people part of the discussion. There are no startups part of the discussion. And at COP and Worldcon Forum, they have no investors. There are no investors. Yes, you have asset managers like BlackRock who write nice PDFs about their sustainability sector. And Mr. Fling says there needs to be the climate unicorns, but they don't invest at scale, not yet. Although BlackRock is coming every year to our conference, you asked earlier, do they invest? They don't invest enough. So there is this like uh, marketing initiative around sustainability and people need to understand if we don't build product, this is never going to change. One example, IUCN, I don't know if you heard of them. They are the 16,000 scientists network to provide help for political governments on how to do nature protection and efficient, or let's call it um, sustainable resource management. So mining and all of these things, a bit like World Resource Institute or CIFOR. Um, yeah, I spent a lot of time, as you can see. I know probably uh, as much now about sustainability than about startups, which makes me incredibly proud, right? I mean, Silvan, isn't that the one thing which matters the most, what you can tell your children, what you have done in the decades where the world went under. So at least I know now, and I invite everyone listening to this podcast, even if you don't invest into startups, there's no better way than the NOAA conference to learn about renewables, to learn about forests, animals, clean waters, water supply, satellite, because the one people who tell you the truth are the entrepreneurs, the ones who disrupt the old failing world. 
So, um, yeah, I, I, I want to help investors to find startups, but given the people who come on stage, you can just sit there and listen in and will get the power lesson of your life and understand what needs to happen. So from startups to products to projects, right? So we have a project pavillon, a nature pavillon, where we have 60 entrepreneurs presenting their projects. Mapbox, which is like a Google Maps competitor, is hosting. So we are doing work for sustainability, but I had to go back to my old life because the NOAA is known for putting also gross digital firms on stage. So when you come to NOAA, you get the best out of those worlds. Fantastic. So we now learned sustainability is luckily a big part of the NOAA conference coming up in December. Tell us two or three other things that people can expect. What you have planned for the conference, what's part of the program? Yeah, every conference has this big theme, right? And you wouldn't be surprised that it is AI for us. Uh, actually, it's just not AI for the conference. It's also AI for me personally. And we used to be 50 people at NOAA. And then COVID came. Today we are three. But we still do the same thing like before. Work on like two, three M&A deals a year. We have our conference. We have our investments. And actually we build some products. So I had to learn AI, right? And it, it goes far beyond ChatGPT, right? So automated data analytics, taking data from the internet, structuring unstructured data. And that, that was my AI journey. And it makes everything so efficient and fun because suddenly you can multiply yourself. Uh, yes, you can get lost in the detail, right? And data is also paralysis analysis. Uh, so you have to be careful that you don't build lists and lists and lists, and then you forget actually for what you use them. So data can never be, AI can never be the cause on its own. But this year we have DeepL, which is like this uh, amazing AI company from Cologne, which we had on stage already 2013 in London. Uh, you asked earlier, that, yeah, the success of Noah is finding the market leaders early and DeepL is a unicorn. So we have AI21 Labs from Israel, uh, who's doing, who actually has the same investors, Brains to Ventures, Daniel Gutenberg also. Um, and then there is uh, Wilder Catalyst, uh, where Young Sun, the owner family of Samsung, they're a new partner of us this year. They're coming to host together with Daniel, uh, AI21 Labs. So that's AI, AI. But then you have other businesses which have the AI theme, right? So uh, Price Hubble, which is in Swiss uh, kind of real estate classifies analytics business, they use AI. So I would say AI is a parallel theme this year, as is sustainability, of course. I mean, if you look at sustainability, there are less big companies, right? And I think the specialty of NOAA is after two years building credibility and sustainability to get the market leaders in solar. So we have like, I'm just looking here on the sheet, we have like 15 solar businesses, right? Or sustainable construction or sustainable agriculture. So those sectors, if you want to learn about how we eat in the future or how we build houses or how we power our houses, this answer you will get at NOAA. And if you're lucky, you invest at the right time at the right speaker. Um, but SaaS, we have 50 SaaS companies, so 50. 
And when I talk to the KKRs, TPGs, Blackstones of the world, they're coming to our conference because mainly I think of the SaaS. The SaaS is the world is eaten by software, right? The famous comment I think Peter Thiel made a few years ago. And there is no niche too small when you own the niche and making like your SaaS cost efficient, for example, SaaS expense management. We have like three companies doing that. So it's AI, it's SaaS, it's sustainability across the sectors. And hopefully it's like that we have the strongest uh, number of companies turning unicorns next. Sounds very promising. And I'm getting really excited for the conference in December. So Marco, to wrap up the conversation today, I want to ask you some rapid fire questions. I give you either a short question or different options to choose from and you have to answer in one sentence. I guess you're ready? training for my next interview since the answer always too long. Yes, go ahead. No, it's perfect. We always do that at the end. So first one, Ibiza, Zurich or London? Ibiza. Clear choice for you. Are you more of an early bird or a night owl? I wake up at four, so that qualifies for both. <laughs> Hybrid. What does money mean to you? Nothing. Survival. Survival. Fair point. Do you prefer to do a trade sale or an IPO deal? IPO. And if you had to choose one of the three topics you just mentioned, AI, SaaS, or sustainability? Sustainability. Clear choice for you. Fantastic. Marco, we're really excited to be part of the NOAA Conference for Swisspreneur and to interview some of your top, top tier guests. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Good luck with the preparation and see you in Zurich, I would say, in December. Thank you so much for this interview. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, you can support us by rating our show on Apple Podcasts. This way, we can reach an ever-growing number of aspiring entrepreneurs. <laughs>